0: Hey everybody this is gene troyer i'm the lead pastor of restore church and what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast it's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all god has created you to be now i invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast we've been in this series called resistance for the last couple weeks And we've got uh, this week and next week to go. Uh, This is, uh, if you haven't read the book, Live No Lies by John Mark Comer, uh, I would highly recommend it. There's a whole group of guys that are doing a men's book study right now that are in the middle of this, and uh, I haven't been able to be a part of that, but from what I hear, there are some terrific conversations going on. And uh, those conversations are not at the surface level. They're actually getting deep in their conversation. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing when, uh, when we're able to do that as a group of people. So this week, uh, I wanna talk to you about the flesh. The flesh. Um, I had to think about how do we resist the flesh? And I've been using words like, uh, we're stepping into resistance with boldness, with, uh, with uh, strength. And we're doing so with humility. And that's all true. But when I think about the self that is evident in the flesh, I think we need to talk about words like determination. And these all kind of mean the same thing, but they're all applicable. Determination, uh, tenacity, and commitment. Because if you don't have commitment as you war against the flesh, as you war against yourself, you won't last very long. And so it's important to, uh, to do as Isaiah said, Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah says something along the lines of, I set my face like flint. In other words, I have set myself like stone against what's coming against me. I set my face like flint. He's determined. He has tenacity. What well, we're talking about, the three enemies of our soul. So we have the world, the flesh, and the devil. This is not new news. We're all aware of it at some level. The world, the flesh, and the devil. The devil whispers his deceptive ideas, which feeds into our disordered desires, which is our flesh And then we look around us, and in all of the world, in all of society, in all of culture, everywhere we look, the whispers in our ears are actually being played out in the world in front of us, which calls us to either make a distinction about how we will live, or if we look at that and go, well, that's normal, that's normal behavior, so I'm just going to step into that as well. Last week, we talked about the world, and today I want to talk to you about what I believe is the antidote to yielding to the flesh, the flesh is more commonly known probably in our world as self-interest. It's this idea that we capitulate to the base animalistic expressions of our humanity. The flesh is this, uh, this propensity that you and I have toward uh, trying to be independent of God. So we look at our own desires, our own wants and needs, and we say, I don't need God in that one. I'm gonna just go after my own interests. And often, that is to the detriment of our relationships with other human beings, our fellow humanity. We just put them on the shelf and say, well, there's nothing more important than my own self-interest. And that is at the core of our leaning into what we're calling the flesh. So how do we get beyond ourselves? How do we get beyond ourselves? How do we give instead of just being focused on getting? How do we open up our lives instead of closing our lives up and hiding behind walls? What are we to do? What are we to do? There's this tug of war between our soul and spirit, between our flesh and spirit. Like, we want what we want, but the spirit wants what he wants. The spirit is calling us to something more And our flesh is pulling the other direction and saying, hold on, but this is what you want. There's this tug of war that goes on inside of each and every one of us. And at times, it's more difficult than other times. But you all know what those things are in your lives that create a tremendous tug of war between what is good and what is evil, what is of the self and what is of the spirit. Well, I'm relieved on one hand because the Apostle Paul struggled mightily with this too. The Apostle Paul who wrote so many books in the New Testament, we look at him as a prolific writer, as the the launcher of so many churches, and he is still human. He is still human like you and I. He still has this propensity toward giving himself to the flesh. In Romans chapter 7, he writes these words. He says, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Have You ever said that? Man, I wanted to do the right thing, but I didn't do it. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. So this morning, I want to give you uh, a few principles, a few guiding principles for, for how we come against the flesh. At the end of the service this morning, we're going to celebrate in communion, and I think it's very timely that we do so as, uh, as we consider the flesh that was broken for us, and we'll We'll talk more about that at the end of the service, but for those of you uh, that are joining us online, uh, get yourself some uh, juice or bread if you'd like to join us in our communion moment. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles. If you have them, get on your phone, or they'll be on the screen behind me as well. But we're gonna turn to Ephesians chapter two for just a minute. Ephesians chapter two, starting in verse one. Here's what Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. Uh, As for you, You were dead in your transgressions and sins. Okay, I love this. Formerly, I knew you to be dead in your transgressions and sins. Formerly, you were something. This is the picture he's painting. He's reminding them of what they used to be. You used, to li- you used to live this way when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. So he's talking about the world there. He's talking about the, kingdom of the-, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, that's the devil, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, there it is, and following its desires and thoughts. Look, we all crave certain things. And just because you crave something doesn't make it bad. We have good cravings, and we have bad and negative cravings. You know, when you eat, okay, maybe I should just speak for myself. When I eat some really great food, think about what you've eaten recently. That is just like off the charts. Like, think about fresh strawberries just out of the garden. You're biting into them. You get this burst of flavor, this sensation. Like, I crave certain kinds of foods. Now, that craving isn't necessarily bad, unless that craving becomes a thing that I cannot control unless that craving controls me instead of the other way around. We do this with all kinds of things that are pleasurable. We do this with food, with sex. We do this with porn. We do, don't we? All of these things that give us pleasure they are not necessarily good things. They give us a hit of dopamine. And serotonin can't keep up. These are chemicals made in our brain to try to keep us balanced, to keep us on the right, in the right frame of mind, helping us navigate our cravings. If we capitulate to ourself, we will lean into addictions because we love that dopamine hit. And so if we sit in front of our computer screen and we go places we should never have gone, the hit that we get will often dip us into addictive behavior. If we don't control ourselves, if we don't control what what our self is asking for. And we, if we don't lay it down, if we don't resist with everything we've got, we're likely going to head down a journey that we never intended to go down. So when we, uh, uh, this word unfettered is sort of what came to mind uh, when I was preparing this message, unfettered submission. So it's like uh, with no resistance at all, we just give ourselves uh, to the flesh and when we do this it really is the basis for all kinds of rebellion against God but not just that it also points us to uh, materialism Uh, we think about our ego like egocentric is what I would call it we become egocentric it's like all about us we tend to exploit people we tend to be overly selfish When we give ourselves to our fleshly inclinations, when we give ourselves to what the self wants, this is at the root of racism, sexism, of love of injustice, despising the poor, neglecting the weak and helpless. You could go on and on and on at the the root cause of much of the ills of this world is this Propensity toward human beings loving themselves to the extent that they don't love other people, they don't love God, and they have—we have this um, uh, this broken vision, this broken experience of what it means to love. Paul writes to the Galatian church at length about some of this. And I love this idea in uh, chapter six of Galatians. He says, um, whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So sowing and reaping. This is, uh, he, was, he was writing to an agrarian society. And so they understood this principle of sowing and reaping. You plant corn as a small kernel, and you'll get lots of corn if everything's healthy. You'll get lots of corn, a big stalk of corn with lots of uh, ears on that stalk of corn. We say things like, uh, when we think of sowing and reaping, we also say things like, well, what comes around, goes around. What goes around, comes around. What goes around, comes around. You get what you pay for. Aren't those things we say about sowing and reaping? You get what you pay for. No pain, no gain. Garbage in, garbage out. Karma. We all know who she is. We understand cause and effect. We seem to understand that every action, for every action there is a reaction. But what may escape us is that the reaction is always Um, it is always disproportionate to the action. The reaction is always disproportionate to the action. So in other words, small compromises turn into big consequences. So we're talking about the flesh, capitulating to the flesh, what the flesh wants. Small actions turn into big consequences. Look, I never have heard of anyone in all my conversations. I have never heard of one person Who just woke up one morning and said, Today is the day I'm having an affair. Today's the day. Today's the day I'm gonna sit in front of my computer and absorb porn for the very first time. No one does that. We take small, incremental steps that become really, really big steps in the end. We take small incremental steps, small decisions that we make that have huge consequences. And guess what? The saying, if it doesn't hurt anybody else, if my actions in the moment don't hurt anybody else, that's all good. See, what happens is those small steps over time, they impact everyone around you. You can hide it for a while, maybe. But continuous giving in to the flesh means a heavy harvest of sorrow and pain. Now, the, the, the converse is also true. Making small decisions, right decisions, good decisions, over time, multiply into tremendous blessings. It's like compound interest. You're going to invest, and over time, that builds and builds and builds. Investing in good things, investing in others, this is the direction that we as the people of God need and must that's the journey that we must be on. Now, the tug of war that all of us experience in this, it's, it's inescapable, it's part of the human condition, but it doesn't need to be equally matched. So what we're getting at this morning, what we're working to do is move the advantage. You know what happens? If I'm losing in a tug of war, I'm gonna call for one of my friends and he's gonna come and he's gonna pull on my side to try to weight it this direction so that I can win this tug of war. This is what we're doing with having this conversation this morning. We're we're trying to weight the one side, the side that will pull toward the spirit and away from the flesh. John Mark Comer says it's our daily seemingly insignificant decisions that eventually sculpt our characters and harden them into stone or free them to flourish. We all want to be freed to flourish. This is where we want to live. Being hardened like stone is not where we want to live, but we want to live in freedom and flourish. In Galatians chapter five, Paul also writes this to the church in Galatia. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. See, we're talk, we have this convoluted way of thinking about freedom here in America. We think it is about All the things, all the hot topics, we tend to think it is about uh, free to have an abortion, free to have uh, all the guns I want. Don't hate on me, uh, but all the guns we want with no restrictions. We want, we want, we want, and we want, and we think that is freedom. When in fact, freedom, true freedom, is in giving ourselves up laying our lives down, living in surrender. This is where true freedom really rests. So don't use your freedom, he says, to indulge your flesh. Instead, look out for the good of the other. Serve one another humbly in love. In verse 16, he says, "'So I say, walk by the Spirit, "'and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh.'" For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. Here is this tug of war that I'm referring to. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. See, when we're in conflict with the flesh, it keeps us from following through on the good intentions that we have. Theologian, philosopher Augustine said that the basic problem of the human condition is that of disordered desires or love. Disordered desires or love. In his view, human beings, and I would agree with this, we were created in love and we were created for love. Here's the deal. Like you and I are are motivated By our desires. If you think about what motivates you the most, what is the strongest driving force in your life? It is your desires, your human desires. That is the, 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 the primary thing that drives us. It's not our rational thinking, typically. It is usually the driving force is our desires. And so we love. We love all kinds of things. But we usually... Let me rephrase that. We don't always, but sometimes we get our loves in the wrong order. We don't have them in the correct order. For example, you should love your job. I really hope you love your job. But if you love your job more than you love your teenage son, you're going to have long-term consequences if the job is loved more than your teenage son or daughter. We love our families. We love our children. But if you love your child, if you worship your child more than you worship God, there are long-term consequences for that disordered love. We often hear the heart wants what it wants follow your heart. You do you, I'll do me. Speak your truth. And this famous one, be true to yourself. Above all, be true to yourself. See, you can say that because, um, and you can even maybe have lived that way at one point. Because historically, there was just this assumption in culture that we would be responsible, that you and I, humans, would all restrain the desires of our flesh. Like there was a, a restraint that was uh, society uh, accepted. There was a strength that was restraint that was uh, anticipated and expected. And today, though, today, in 2022, it is more about exercising your rights. Follow the desires of your flesh. Be true to yourself. So if we're to follow our fickle hearts, which one do we choose? Is it the one that, we, um, that says, I want something right now? Or is it the one that will change its mind within the hour? If you're gonna trust your heart, if you're gonna follow your fickle heart, which one are you going to choose? Like, so, so all of you go to the grocery store sometime. Unless you do like we did and just started ordering from... Uh, mobile ordering all the time. You've got to save a few bucks. You could do mobile ordering because you don't uh, stand in line in the grocery store like I have done and I know you have before where you stand in line, you're waiting to pay and there's all the magazines right here and there's food magazines that talk about the top 10 craft beers that just came out and you should try all of those. Then there's the the cake with the, like all the whipped topping and the fresh strawberries on top of it, and you start, I start looking at that. I'm thinking about that, food? I wonder if I could still go back and get what those pictures show. Well, on the other side are magazines with, well, Harry Styles and, I don't know, what's that guy's name, um, Ryan Gosling, like he's aging pretty well, 41 years old or something. Harry Styles, what is up with his old lady collars and pearls? Have you seen that? Surely I'm not the only one that's seen that picture. Like he showed up somewhere at some awards show wearing a set of pretty pearls and a scalloped collar on his shirt. I scrolled down to make sure he wasn't wearing a skirt, he was wearing, yeah, he was wearing pants. I digress. So I'm looking at the food, and then there's also Ryan Gosling's ab workout. What do I do? And then there's the Reese's Cups on the, right there too? So we all do this, don't we? We buy the GQ, we look at the ab routine, and we think about it while we eat those chocolate, or the, the chocolate uh, that we buy. What do you submit to? Do you submit to the flesh in that moment or do you step back? I know it's a funny thing we can think about, but it's real life. It is those things around us that our eyes catch, our heart desires, our flesh desires, and we have to decide, are we going to step into that? Are we going to submit or not? Let's continue on in Galatians 5, verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Okay, debauchery is kind of an old word, but think about it in terms of Tinder and our hookup culture. And you've got kind of those three things that would fall into that category. Verse 20 idolatry and witchcraft. We're talking about acts of the flesh. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Click on Twitter, you'll get all of that. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. Oh boy office gossip, and politics come to mind. Verse 21, and envy. (laughs) You looked at advertising recently. How do they get you to buy all this stuff? Because you've also got Instagram where everything looks great, so I gotta have that. Envy is a thing, drunkenness, orgies and the like, and Netflix, HBO. Look, these are all things that you and I have front and center. It is not the old days anymore. It is the day of so many temptations staring us in the face that we are at war. If you don't think that you are at war, that you need to be resisting, you're going to wake up one day And find yourself in a very, very difficult place. Paul says, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul's point is this. All of those attributes from verse 19 to 21, these are the kind of soul, uh, this is the kind of soul uh, and society that is created when given over to the flesh. But, and here's the, good, here's, here's the good stuff, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Against such things there is no law. No one says, hey, you shouldn't be gentle. No one said you shouldn't be kind, gracious, gentle, self-controlled. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we, and again, now he's, he was previously, he was saying hey formerly to the church in Ephesus. He was saying, formerly you lived like this. Now he's saying, since we live by the spirit now. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. What he's pointing us to is that, it, is that internal freedom that allows for external pre, uh, expression of that freedom. And how do we do this? How do we, how do we express the freedom we have inside on the outside? Well, there are a few things. Get a couple handles here. Filter every habit, every relationship, every thought. So run every thought, every relationship, every habit through these three filters, this question, these questions. Does this, and here we go again, farming, does this sow to my flesh or my spirit? Does this sow to my flesh or my spirit? Will this enslave me or free me? Does this allow me freedom or is this gonna put me back in the box? Does this make me more animalistic? Does it make me more beastly? Does this, does this uh, what I'm about to do, does it uh, lower my standard or does it raise it? Do I become more beastly or do I become more human? So run it through those filters. Spiritual practices is the other thing I just wanna point out to you. Spiritual practices, hey, you know we often fast for, uh, we fast from social media sometimes. Uh, that's that's one that I hear a ton, which is really, really good, but I would recommend, and I don't like to do this because I like to eat, but fasting from food will give you an idea, and it will make it very clear to you what has control of you. You fast from food, and you'll quickly find what has control of you. Spiritual practices are important. Do a couple of these: fasting and confession. Confession. Find some people around you that you trust, that you have confidence in, that you have a relationship with. It, with them. Confess your sins one to another. Hold each other accountable. Fasting and confession will elevate your uh, your spiritual life. It will uh, it will help you in Uh, the reverse of submission would be uh, leading your flesh instead of submitting to your flesh. So push the flesh down by fasting and confession. It's important that we would discipline our desires, curb some of our wants and needs, cultivate others and experience the ability to resist the enemies of our souls, the world, the flesh, and the devil. You know, ultimately, the way we fight, the way we resist and overcome our flesh, uh, I mean, we've talked about some actions we can take this morning. But ultimately, it's not about our willpower. It's not about how powerful we are ourselves. But we fight the flesh. We resist the flesh through the Holy Spirit's power. This is where the power resides. So I don't know, I mean, we're all human. And humans tend to be weak at times when we need to be the strongest. When we need to step up and say, not on my watch, we sometimes want to just step back and see what happens. So I'm calling on all of us to step into these moments, to not depend on our own strength to resist, but to lean into other people and most of all to the Spirit of God that is really clear about his love for us, about his wanting to uh, come alongside us, to empower us, This is where our strength lies, is in the power of the Spirit. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.